Hello and welcome to another episode of The Adventure Post. I'm Jason Post. And I'm Lacey Post. And we've got another fun show coming at you this week. So, uh, typically we talk about some vacation and adventure destinations that you can take uh, either as a family or, or for a long trip or for a short weekend. Uh, but And we've covered a lot of those, but we don't always, uh, as individuals and as families, do have a whole week to take on vacation. We don't always even have a long weekend where we can get away. So today, on this episode, we're going to talk about some day trip adventures that you can get to and get back home uh, when you don't have a whole lot of time, but still have that kind of family adventure and thing, right? So uh, why don't you kick us off, Lacey, tell us a little bit about what we're going to talk about with our day trips and day ventures today. Okay, so also this past month, we've been talking a lot about spring break, and even if you're an adult and you don't have any kids, I think everybody deserves a good spring break, right? Oh, yeah. But not everyone has, like you said, that full week off, or even sometimes even a long weekend can be difficult. But um, you can't always take a nice day trip. Anytime the kids are out of school for a good length of time, if we can't get away, I try to schedule at least one day trip and take (laughs) them somewhere neat. Um, Or right before school starts, we'll usually do one or two of these. Um, And they can be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, And you don't have to worry about, you know, if you have dogs, you don't have to worry about getting sitters or anything else. You're just gone for the day and you're back. So that part's nice. So we're going to give you five day trip options in five Five different states. Now, these all are southeast. Um, I know if you guys are living in the north (laughs) or somewhere else, this might not be very helpful. But maybe one of these will pique your interest and you'll want to come this way sometime as a part of a longer vacation. And then hopefully if you live in the southeast, hopefully one of these is close enough to you that you can make a day trip out of it. Well, I think this will also, if, if you may not be in the southeast, but you still may be in the vicinity of some of these. Uh, but even mm-hmm. if you're not, it'll kind of give you an idea of there's there's going to be things around everybody that's going to be yeah. very similar to this. And we also talk a lot about Disney and Universal and Orlando. Um, a lot of these things, if you're in another part of the country and you're actually driving down to Orlando, these might be stops along the way. That's true. Which mm-hmm. is another the great thing about these kind of short little small trips. So. Yeah. So when I was planning this out, I thought we would actually start with the last day trip we took. So I'm going to okay. let you cover that one. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So I'm going to start <clears throat> Excuse me, with a uh, uh, really fun little adventure we found in Sweetwater, Tennessee. And this was back in, when did we go? August? August. Mm-hmm. August. So yeah, this was back still in, you know, that time in COVID where we couldn't really go anywhere. Um, and this was a great option for... COVID because you could go out and you could find a little day adventure and still be back home as far as instead of a long kind of week travel. So And they were limiting tickets. And a which lot of I places, still think yeah, they are. Yeah, but, a lot of places are limiting. So you so, had a small group. Yeah. So we found a great little adventure in Sweetwater, Tennessee called the Lost Sea Adventure. Now this was pretty cool. Uh, this is if anyone's ever been to any of like the cave type experiences, uh, Ruby Falls, uh, DeSoto Caverns. Any of those cave cavern type experiences. This is similar to that where it's a it's a cave where you, you tour through this underground cave and they give you a lot of history and background to it. But this one is specifically unique because it has a massive underground lake, actually with a boat ride that you mm-hmm. take as part of the adventure. It's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records as the largest underground lake in America, I believe. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty impressive. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. So it's it's a it's not a it's not a hard hike or not a hard walk. It's about a three quarters of a mile round trip walk inside the cave, 
But again, this is also a great option for the summer when it's nice and hot outside because you're inside this cave. It's a nice, cool, constant 58 degrees the entire time. I took a light jacket and I would recommend it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> so it was great. But so, so you go down to the cave and basically your tour guide takes you through the cave and you get a lot about the cave's history, about the geological formations. Uh, you see the areas. I think that the Cherokee Indians used the cave once and you, you go by an area where you see where they had like their ceremonial area area in the cave and they held their different things. Um, there was a, the Confederate soldiers mined the cave for for gunpowder at one point so i mean there's a lot of history and, and your tour guide kind of takes you through and tells you about all this background and this history mm-hmm. of the cave which is great turns the lights out on you they turn yeah they, they did they yeah. get to it they get to one point and they turn all they've got lights kind of running out for the tours but at one point they'll get to a, an area of the cave and they'll turn all the lights out where you get to experience that true pitch black darkness Mm-hmm. Right, which is not something that most that you really experience unless you're completely underground like this. Uh, so they turn out all the lights, and it's this complete darkness. You cannot see your hand in front of your face, and they. I'll it tell doesn't you, last long. No, they they just do it for a second, just so you can see what that's like. It's a it's a kind of a surreal experience uh, to be in that true darkness. And they said if you're down there for a long eight period of time, it'll actually affect your your eyes. Uh, for people who are down there, you know, and the, you know, that's part of the history lesson. I won't spoil anything. So they'll tell you all about that when you're there. <laughs> um, but yeah, once you get down to the bottom of the cave, uh, they have a boat ride. Uh, and they'll tell you the history of the lake down and stuff and how it was discovered. A little kid basically was exploring the cave at one point and, mm-hmm. and crawled through a little hole in the wall and found water on the other side and then discovered that there was a whole lot of water on the other side and they mm-hmm. uncovered it. And it was this massive mm-hmm. underground lake. And I don't so. think they still quite know how big it is. They know it's more than four acres, but it's still <laughs> uncharted, like completely. They've explored There's people a lot, still working on it to try to figure out exactly yeah. how big it is. They've had scuba divers go down and, and find different areas of it and, and try to try to map it. But I guess once you get far enough under there, it's kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And it's a registered national natural landmark. And it should be. It's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, what does it say? It has a rare collection of anthrodites called cave flowers. Uh, the lake is 140 feet below ground level, and it's full of rainbow trout. And these are the like the albino type rainbow trout or something like that. Mm-hmm. There was it was really cool. So you take a boat ride. Um, you get in these little little flat boats and you ride around the lake. And your tour guide explains all the history and stuff. And you look over the edge and there's fish everywhere. Um, it made me feel like I was in one of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very specific Harry Potter scene. I think it, yes. uh, it is very similar to, but, uh, it is, it's, it was very surreal. I think, uh, just being down in there, uh, in the dark, in the lake on the boat. Um, but it was very cool. It was about an hour and half hour and 15 minutes or something like that to take the full tour. Um, but it was a really neat experience it mm-hmm. was it was a unique experience we had done some of the other caves you know we've seen caverns and things like that but this was very unique and very memorable um they're open every day except thanksgiving and christmas right and mm-hmm. uh now we did ours during covid so you know they had masks requirements and social distancing requirements and th- they were limiting the number of tickets they, they they sold as well so they still have that going on because covid's still going on but 
other than a little bit of extra distancing and your mask, you know, it's a nice relaxing experience that didn't really feel like it was hampered too much by COVID. And it's kind of so, nice to have a smaller group because the groups really are smaller right yeah. now. And that that's beneficial. It's better. You know, your tour guide can really focus and talk to you a little bit, a little bit more um, intimately. Right. Um, so for, for the tickets, uh, you can reserve those tickets online. So you can reserve your spot online. Adults wore twenty two ninety five. Children four to twelve are thirteen ninety five, and kids three and under are free. Love that. So, um, yeah, there. Be for sure. So there's a there's a little area on the way back that that's the bear's paw stalagmite, which means it's coming up from the ground. Um, and it's kind of it was weird because it was in COVID. And you don't want to touch all the things that everybody else is touching, but it's supposed to be this luck thing that you give, you know, you give the bear's paw a high five, you gotta touch it when you go by, and it's supposed to be good luck, hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> did we? Do, did everybody I, do it? I touched it through my coat. Yeah. Lacey huh. didn't actually make contact with it with the bear's claw, and we had a pretty serious flat tire on the way home from that trip. Yeah, the road <laughs> literally came out and attacked us, and yes. several other people. There was Lacey twenty didn't people high five the, the bear room. paw, so the earth. Grabbed our car. <laughs> <laughs> they blame me for that. <laughs> well, you know, cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then, yeah. There's the, they have they have another they have a village outside of the outside of the cave. They've got this little village area around the cave. You can kind of walk around and explore too. And there's a variety of shops and you know like fudge and you know little glass uh, souvenirs and things like that. It's you know, it's like a little, old little village and stuff. So there's lots of things to do kind of right out and around it as, as well before and after you go down in this, into the Lost Sea adventure. Um, but overall, it was a really cool adventure. I loved mm-hmm. it. It I was a great it. little experience. Uh, you know, it was a couple hours. We drove a couple hours. We did that. And we uh, went and had some nice lunch somewhere. And we drove home for a couple hours. So. And from where we live, we go through Chattanooga to get here. So it was really nice to stop in Chattanooga and have a nice dinner on the way back. And of course, there's tons yeah. of stuff to do in Chattanooga, too. Yeah, and that's the key to a real solid day trip is finding some good food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think longtime listeners will know that that's the key for any good thing for me. <laughs> According to you, yes. And we did. We found you a really neat pizza place in Chattanooga that overlooked... Oh, that's um, right. The mountains. Yeah, 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 that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took a bit to get to, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, very nice. All right, so that was the Lost Sea Adventures. All right, that was okay. my day trip. Where are you taking us? So my first one is Colonial Williamsburg. Oh, uh, of course it and is. And this is in Williamsburg, Virginia. <laughs> I actually went here as a teenager on a day trip with my parents and my aunt and uncle. We were staying in Virginia at the time visiting my aunt and uncle. And from their house, we took the day trip to Colonial Williamsburg. And I loved it. And just to, um, if you're not familiar with it, it's the largest living history museum in the world. So we're going a lot okay. of uh, Guinness World Records here. We are. <laughs> I don't know that it's in the World Record book, but it is but still, considered yeah. the largest living history museum in the world. It sits on 300 acres. Um, you can walk through, through and see working tradesmen. tradesmen. So we saw weavers, carpenters, wheelwrights, farmers, etc., um, there were also a number of historic buildings that you could go through and take tours. There, like there was a Capitol, a governor's palace, and a courthouse. There's a colonial garden, two art museums, and there's various live performances throughout the day. Yeah. Um, so it's just really neat. It's kind of um, just this kind of like a, settle, um, a settlement, I guess, right before the revolution and what things would have been like. Mm-hmm. So I found it fascinating. So I need to take y'all some time. <laughs> well, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I did. So it's, it's open. History. It's open 365 days a year, 
Um, a single day ticket is $30.99 per adult and $14.99 for children ages 6 to 12. Um, and if you want to make this into a longer trip, we didn't take this trip, but there was a trip that I actually put together a few years ago that uh-huh. we almost did. Then I, I think we chose something else. Well, that might have been the yeah. year we did the small cruise. But um, we were going to put Colonial Williamsburg together with Bush Gardens and a stay at the Great Wolf Lodge. Okay. Yeah. And that would have been a fun week. Yeah. That would have so been. you can make this a day trip or you can put it with some other things and actually go for a week. And they have multi day tickets too at Colonial Williamsburg. Yeah. So and that was one we tried. We, we play dumb and we leave it up. We, we ask the kids their opinions occasionally, <laughs> but mm-hmm. we kept asking them what, where they wanted to go that year. We were trying to plan that pre- and we were trying to explain Colonial Williamsburg to them. Oh, it's like it's historical. Everybody's in costumes and dressing up. And yeah. And then we gave them all the different trips options. And they're like, and, and Lacey really wanted to do this one because she loves history. And, but they weren't having it. I'm like, why don't you even want to consider it? I'm like, well, we don't want to dress up in the costumes and yes. go on. <laughs> Trying to tell them they did yeah, not have to dress up. You don't have to dress up. They weren't quite grasping the concept. Um, but this is very similar to Plymouth Plantation. You and I did Plymouth Plantation, right? Mm-hmm. And they had some areas like this. It's not on this scale, mm-hmm. but they had like reenactors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Lacey likes anything that could be part of a middle school field trip usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right cool cool colonial williamsburg that was yours all right is that everything for williamsburg that's it You're all right next. so my next one oh okay cool this one is a little bit closer to home so uh for us <laughs> uh another, and this one's a little bit more adventurous and a little less historic uh so another great day trip for us or anybody in the kind of the southeast and georgia area Banny Mills um, is uh, down in Whitesburg, Georgia. Historic Banning Mills is the home of the world's largest zipline course. There you go, world's largest again. That's right. <laughs> Guinness Book World Record record recognized as the largest zipline course in the world, right? Mm-hmm. This wasn't the last one of these in the United States. This is the world. So that's pretty impressive. So yeah, if you're in the Southeast, this is a great option for a, a short little day trip. And it's a great option even for like a long weekend or something like that, really. So uh, it's so it's down in Whitesburg, Georgia. Um, and it is the largest zipline adventure in the world. So be, founded back in 1998 uh, to preserve the Snake Creek Gorge area. Very um, beautiful it's a area. Very, yeah, it's a big like wooded area. So it's this zipline where you're ziplining through the woods and along the Snake Creek Gorge. So it has over 1,500 acres, a historic interpretive center, forest tours, ziplining, climb, wall climbing, lodging, camps, free falls, horseback riding, nature trails, kayaking, paddle boards, aerial adventure park, pools, putt-putt, volleyball courts, tennis courts, basketball courts, billiards, fishing, and more. <laughs> so this would be good for a week-long stay, It too. really could. <laughs> day trip or week-long trip. Because they got really cool cabins yeah. and, and things and lodges stuff right there on site as well. So yeah, you really could stay here and and do all kinds of things for an entire week, and uh, it's it's really nice. They got the lodge right there with with really with some good food. Just saying. Yeah, I don't think we ate um, there though. Cause I it, have. It, it was, oh, you have. Yeah, I've when eaten we there. went, I think it was like by reservation or something. You yeah. had to reserve. Um, 
I think you, yeah, I think yeah. you have to call and let them know you're eating there. But but they got the lodge right there, and they normally uh, you can ha- you can arrange for breakfast <laughs> and lunch and different things. But yeah, I, I've been on there on a couple of team building exercises because they've got the the ropes courses and things like that that you do as kind of corporate team building things as well. Um, and it's an awesome thing for that as well. Um, but let's see. So, but the zip lining itself. Let's talk a little bit about the zip lining course that's the world's longest. So it's it's built on a progression system. Uh, so there are four levels of their zip line course, levels one through four, and you start with level one. And if you want to stop, you stop. Uh, if you want to go all the way through level four, you can. So level one is the forest woodland tour. It's nice and easy. Um, there's not a whole lot of like really, really long, really, really fast zip lines. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I still found it challenging. I'm a little scared of heights, so I really had to kind of overcome that even to do <laughs> level one, but I did it. Yeah, so that's the one that we did as a family. Mm-hmm. And luckily for Lacey, the kids were not quite large enough to go up to the next level yet mm-hmm. because they totally would have. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. then <laughs> Lacey would have been like, nah, I'll wait down here for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but level two is the flight pattern tour. Um, level three, let's see, level three is the flight pattern plus tour. And then level four is the extreme adventure. So like I said, we did level one. It's the nice and easy one. And it's, it's a combination of zip lines and some, you know, foot bridges, swinging bridges and things like that. Um, some of them have more, some of them have less. Like I said, level one is pretty easy. Level two is a little bit more strenuous but not crazy Um, but there are weight limits was the problem with for us so level one you have to weigh at least 50 pounds and be at least eight years old level two through four you have to weigh at least 90 pounds and be at least 10 years old so i think when we went as a family the kids were just under 90 pounds right yeah that was kind of where we were at Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, and then there are also weight limits on the top end as well so 250 pounds for women to 85 pounds for men Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay <laughs> so uh yeah it seems like it should just be one weight limit why to differentiate between men and women on the weight size it seems yeah. like uh, if there's a weight limit on the zip line there's a weight limit on the zip line yeah seems like it just should just be 285 for both yeah right? that's that's weird yeah <laughs> um and, and so here's how the cost breaks down all right so you start with level one level one is 49 dollars a person it has nine zip lines, one or two sky bridges, and a cool tower, and it takes about an hour and a half to complete. You know, okay. weirdly, the sky bridges got me more than the zip lining. Yeah, because you're walking across those little things. And, and you're, you're staring you're, down. You're staring straight down I don't down have to stare down when I'm zip lining. I can look <laughs> out, you know, because we also zip line at Stone Mountain over the lake, but yeah. I'm looking forward, you know. Yeah. But that looking down kind of gets Didn't to like me. Didn't like that, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so that's level one. So level two, which also includes level one, and that's how it works, um, is $79 per person. So that's for levels one and two. Um, You still have to do all of level one, and then you continue on to level two. It's got a total of 12 zip lines, up to 10 bridges, uh, and crosses the Lost Gorge twice. So you'll be going across 900 and 1,000 foot long zip lines, and it takes an hour and a half to two and a half hours to complete that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that kind of depends on the size of your group. We went during spring break one year, and they said our group was pretty big. So so we we took kind of the full time. We might have even went past it a little bit. 
Um, we had more people than it felt like we should have on those little platforms hanging onto the trees. <laughs> yeah, because the trees were kind of shaking yeah. with everybody up there. But I, I bet you yeah. anything they've reduced their their group sizes as well. With COVID and everything. Oh, yeah. Because they, they couldn't have, have that to. many people probably yeah. sandwiched in there. Yeah, because they've got these little platforms basically built around the trees where you stand. And then you zip from one platform to the platform on another tree way over there but it's still not a huge platform that kind of and, and steps that kind of go up a tree so you're still kind of close to one another uh, but you are clipped onto the line the entire time it is a continuous clip uh, zip line so once you start that level one you never unclip from the cord so as you go to the other side you've got a little c-clip clamp that kind of follows the zip the, the cord around as you're climbing around the tree you're you're cable is your clip is still clipped in and on so you never have a chance where you can fall because you're clipped in the entire time you're in there so it's it's a pretty good safety measure you're actually double clipped in uh, the way they do it so uh, you're nice and safe the entire time but you're mm-hmm. still high if you know <laughs> yeah. so uh, let's see where did I leave off okay so level three level three which also includes level one and two would be $99 a person, and it has a 1,500-foot zip line that will have you moving at 55 to 60 miles an hour. That's fast. Yeah. <laughs> and then it ends with another 900-foot swoop along Snake Creek. So at level three, you can add the 3,400-foot Flight of the Falcon for an additional $49. And this one is also, this is the longest single zip line in the world. So uh, you also get five additional zip lines, two sky bridges, and you have a, you have to weigh 115 pounds for the flight of yeah, the Falcon, just, just for the flight of the Falcon. Yeah, because that's additional. You don't have to add that on to level three if you don't want to. Yeah, but that one's just a little bit different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then level three takes about two and a half to three and a half hours again. Um, and then level four, if you want to do all four levels, so level four includes everything, one, two, three, and four. That's $149 per person, but it has the most extreme experience, which also includes the 1,000-foot predator zipline, 600-foot long suspension bridges, uh, the Screaming Eagle, which is a 2,500-foot long uh, zipline that sends you 70 to 75 miles per hour. Uh, And this whole... That does not sound like fun to me. I may just stick with level one. (laughs) Oh, Come on. Um, and then that one takes three and a half to four hours to complete. So, I mean, that's that's half a day right there just to, if you want to do the full. Um, they also have some packages. So, you, for $249, you can purchase an all-day rush ticket and zip line for eight hours. So, this price includes also includes lunch at the launch. So, there you go, mm-hmm. which isn't mm-hmm. a bad deal. So, um, lots to do. That's all just the zip lines. The zip line is a really fun – I mean, if you've never been zip lining – it's just a kind of a fun, adventurous, kind of thrilling thing to do, um, but it's not—it's not like bungee jumping or anything like that. That skydiving, you know, this is a kind of fun, adventurous, kind of you know, adrenaline rush that doesn't have you know the bungee jumping, skydiving kind of level of, mm-hmm. of scariness to now it. Now they do have right? a power free fall there, which it, I was kind of trying to—I don't remember seeing that, that, and I, I was, was looking at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure exactly how that is. It's not quite a bungee jump. It looked it looked more like when we've gone like rock climbing, uh, like on the, the the clip and climb versions, where when you, when you get to the top, you just kind of drop and you slowly descend. It almost felt like that, 
it was one of those power descents where you just kind of jump off and it just kind of descends with mm. you. That's my guess. I haven't done that. We'll have to check into that one a little bit more and go yeah. go try that. Um, but yeah, it did mention that they have that new power free fall. So they've got a lot to do there, and I noticed they really too do. they've actually got some hiking trails. Yeah. Um, and if you're staying on site and you're like a resort guest, I guess, yeah. then it, you just, you can hike on them for free. But if you're yeah. coming in just for the day, I think it's a $5 fee. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but I would, I wouldn't mind just going over there and hiking some too. Yeah. They probably have a little, lot of awesome trails with 1500 acres. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I know I've been back when we did the team building stuff, I've been back to some of the back areas and stuff where they've got, they do have a lot of like these big uh, rock wall kind of um, uh, climbing experiences and um, a lot of the, the sky hike kind of, and, that, and that's kind of the, 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 the sky park, uh, um, the different you know structures they have up in the air, you know, the, advent, the aerial adventure park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can, you're up in the air and you're, you're doing all the things on the, the sky bridges and, and obstacles and things like that. So lots of stuff to, to, mm-hmm. to try. We just got to get, Lacey's sense of adventure just a little higher. <laughs> I'll start off with you, then I just may start taking she, pictures. She just we'll doesn't see. like to get too far from the ground. Yeah. Right. Or staring right. down it. Like I said, those sky bridges get me even more than just don't lining. look down. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, gets hard on those sky bridges because they got just individual little steps you're supposed to. And mm-hmm. when it gets more challenging, occasionally they'll just remove one of those steps. So you have to kind of step longer or almost jump from one to the yeah, next you wouldn't have liked that. that that was on level two you, would not, <laughs> you wouldn't have liked that one so mm. um but it is really awesome and they do have they do have really nice cabins and stuff on site uh so yeah a great place for a day trip but also a really nice option for a long weekend or even a week i mean mm-hmm. if you just want to get out in the woods and do some fun adventure stuff that'd be a great place to go yeah so That is Historic Banning Mills in Whitesburg, Georgia. Okay, so for the next day trip, we're going to go to Alabama. So we're going to talk about the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama. Space camp. I went here as a kid for a day (laughs) trip with my parents and grandparents. I also took Eli briefly there one time when we had to go to Huntsville to visit someone in the hospital. But you and Avery have not been. So, I know, and I would love this. I know. This is another one I I always thought if we had a break where we weren't going somewhere, you know, this would be oh. a day trip. So we need to do this soon. If not, uh, maybe this summer. Maybe this summer is when we can I want to go in. to space camp. Can adults go to space camp? <laughs> uh, maybe if you took the camp. kids with you, I'm the not movie sure. as a kid. Oh, come yeah. on. That would have um, been my dream as a kid. But anyway, I still remember this day trip when I was growing up. Um, my sister and I, we really enjoyed listening to one of the astronauts <clears throat> speak that day. And we really liked sampling the astronaut food, too. That was a lot of fun. And just walking really? around the exhibits. <laughs> Yeah, just it was just interesting to see what it tastes like yeah, and what okay. they ate. So, and I think Eli probably wouldn't remember it because he was pretty small when I took him, but he did like looking at all the rockets and stuff. I think yeah. he enjoyed that. Oh, that'd be so cool. Um, so the U.S. Space and Rocket Center is a Smithsonian affiliate in the official visitor center for NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center. Mm-hmm. It has one of the largest collection of rockets and space memorabilia on display anywhere in the world. And they regularly feature different traveling exhibits, so they do change up um they they change up the exhibits so you could go actually you could you know go next month and then go in a few months and maybe even see something different oh that's cool um i thought that was neat they have a lot of immersive astronomy shows and live entertainment and they have this in their state-of-the-art intuitive plan um, planetarium planetarium Mm -hmm. cool okay and 
You can also experience the mesmerizing view of a National Historic Landmark, an authentic Saturn V rocket. So there's, it's uh, one of only three in the world, yeah. and it's located in the Saturn V Hall of the Davidson Center for Space Exploration. Come on. <laughs> and one of their biggest things they focus on is the journey through America's space race and NASA's plans to put man on, put man on the moon <laughs> and the International Space Station. Nice. So that's you can learn a lot of history there. And then you can get a glimpse of the future and commercial space ventures and the latest technological uh, technological innovations. I think Eli would like that part now. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. So I remember one of my favorite parts was the shuttle park. And this is where you can explore a complete chrono chronology of launch vehicles in the country, including the world's only fully stacked space transportation system. I'm not exactly Ooh, sure really. what that means, <laughs> <laughs> but I, th I think it would be interesting. Because nice. I don't remember that part, but we need to go back there. Um, <laughs> well, the Pathfinder Orbiter is on display in the shuttle park and is flanked <clears throat> by a T-38, a twin-engine supersonic jet used in astronaut training. And the shuttle training aircraft STA and only one of NASA's four modified Gulfstream II aircraft on display anywhere in the world. Nice. Now, they also have a rocket park, and over there you can experience 3Gs of centrifugal force aboard G-Force Accelerator. And you can see a Boeing yeah. CH-47D Chinook. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. And other military hard <laughs> hardware, as well as a view of a mock-up of Apollo 11 landing site, including a model of the lunar lander and a planted American flag on the cratered surface. Wow. So I always picture that American flag yeah. the, when I think about the moon landing. Mm. Now, they have a lot of other extra experiences that you can pay um, additional money for, but this is just what you would get kind of in a day ticket. And basic admission is $25 for ages 13 and older and $17 for children ages 5 to 12. And it kills me right now these prices because I realized for the first time <laughs> we did not have a child, you know, 12 Aww. and below because Eli just turned 13 so we can no longer take advantage of those children's prices. Dang it, man. We're four adults now? I know. And children oh. ages 4 and under are free. So this is a, mm. this is a great day trip option. Yeah. I would, I would um, highly recommend it. Now, I'm going to go ahead and go into the last one. So, we just talked about um, the Space Center there in Huntsville. Right. Another great Space Center is the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. And this hey, is on Florida. Merritt Island, Florida. We've almost made it to that one. Yes. So, we had <laughs> planned. I did a lot of research on this one. And we had plans to go here in September. But we were going to take a day trip from Orlando, which mm -hmm. is about an hour drive yeah. from Universal or Disney. So, we were going to yeah. do that. And then we changed our, our mind last minute. We actually ended up in Hollywood Studios um, with Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. But um, so he kind of went to the fake space. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't like that. <laughs> well, that's kind of what we did. Black Spire but... <laughs> Outpost is not fake. <laughs> but I think the, the Kennedy Space Center would be really cool to go to, and that's still on our list to do. It would um, be, yeah. <laughs> but you have the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex, <clears throat> complex and it's organized into mission zones where attractions and tours are grouped in chronological error. So there's a Heroes and Legends section, a Race to the Moon section, also include, which also includes a Saturn V moon rocket, the Space Shuttle Atlantis section. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, a NASA Now Plus Next section and a Plan Your Mission section. So there's a lot to see here. Now, daily tickets are more expensive here, but I think they may include more because I didn't see near as many add-ons as I did at the Huntsville Space Center. 
It just included everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know they still probably have their specialty things sure. you can do, um, you know, more interactive, but they it, it wasn't quite the same. It seemed like most everything was just included. So a daily ticket here is $57 per adult and $47 for children ages 3 to 11. But now, nice. when we were looking at going, you were going to get a government employee discount, right? I believe so. Okay, so there are <laughs> discounts out there yeah. if you work for the government. I would look into that. Or any, I think it was, it, it wasn't, and when I was looking at, some of them were government, some of them were just part of our workplace, you know, sometimes there's AAA discounts, things like that for all these different places, so check all the different options, because a lot of them have different discounts for different things. Uh, that was just one of the ones we found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, this is pretty cool. They got, they have SpaceX stuff down there too, I, I believe, sometimes. Yeah, I think so. Kennedy, and occasionally they do launches out of there, if you're there at the right kind of time, mm-hmm. you can actually you know, watch a launch mm-hmm. nearby. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. But both, I think, are really neat experiences. Um, but there's five yeah. day trip options. So we gave you one in Tennessee, Virginia, <laughs> Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. So hopefully one of those might be in your vicinity. Or like I said, if like Jason said, if you're traveling down to Orlando and want to stop at one. Or if yeah. you're like, like me, when I was visiting my aunt and uncle in Virginia and we took a day trip to Colonial Williamsburg, you know, you can... Yeah. Can fit them in, hopefully. Yeah. And I also try to give you a variety of options because there's all kinds of different day trips. So we had a cave tour and we had a zip lining uh, tour. Uh, oh, tour and was so fun. Historical place and then um, yeah. some museums. So yeah, a lot of different options. There are plenty of options for a, for a nice day trip when you just can't get away. And we've talked in the past, I mean, even, the, even our state and national park systems, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about some of those in the past and... Some of those are really nice parks where you could go and spend, you know, a nice, you know, chunk of your day and then find a nice meal or something, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, going out and getting a nice breakfast, going out and exploring in the woods at the state or national parks and then go get a nice lunch, get two nice meals out of it. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of of parks and stuff that that make great little Mm -hmm. day trips. We do that a lot as well. Yeah. So... Plenty of cool day trip options out there. Um, but, yeah, we'd like to, you know, we should probably ask everyone, you know, what what day trip, you know, options their family likes. So, mm-hmm. if, yeah. And if you've been to any of these, give us your feedback. <clears throat> Tell us what you thought about them. Yeah. Especially the space centers, because I've never been and I would love to go, like, <laughs> well, we, check out a space camp. Yeah, option. I would like to go to, you know, I would like to go back to Huntsville and obviously go to Kennedy Space Center as well. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's our day trips. So that moves us on. What are we talking next? We're going to talk about some news, right? Yeah, so we're not okay. really doing our adventure this time because we gave you lots of pricing. That was that was, that <laughs> was your adventure. Our yeah, adventure, kinda, we sort adventure. of had my adventure and your adventure together yeah. right there. Yeah, that works out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's okay, though, because we got some fun news this week, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh, talk. Uh, well, during COVID... Uh, I was so depressed back in like July of COVID because it was officially announced that Universal was halting their work on their next theme park, uh, Universal's uh, or Universal's Epic Universe. <laughs> Gets a little redundant there, but they did announce this week that they are officially resuming work on Universal's Epic Universe. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was kind of nervous that. Uh, Everyone was kind of nervous that that was basically them saying we're not moving forward with construction of this um, next park. But uh, luckily, uh, they have resumed work. So 
Obviously, coming to a full stop, they're going to have to ramp back up everything. Um, but they starting immediately, they are ramping back up um, work on this uh, next park. And this is going to be a huge park area with theme parks and entertainment centers and hotels and restaurants and everything. Um, so it's, a, it's not like they're building just a theme, one single park. They're actually building a whole little area. Uh, 750 acres is how wow. much this site uh, covers this this will essentially double uh, the footprint that they have in Orlando so that means all of the area they currently have with Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure and all the hotels around it and City Walk uh, this new area they're constructing as part of Epic Universe basically doubles that mm-hmm. so all of that area doubled so mm-hmm. this is this is a big area, and I thought it was cool. They said that it would create fourteen thousand permanent jobs as well. So they're going to be able to employ number. more yeah. people. Yeah, is there that yeah. much housing in Orlando? <laughs> oh, there will be. <laughs> if there's not, there will be. Yeah, between SeaWorld and Universal and Disney, that's a lot of employees. You know? and that's you know that's more because when they when they build these things, they're not just you're not just talking about team members in the park. Uh, and you're not talking about just, you know, team members in the restaurants and the entertainment district around it. You're talking, when you build this, you build the whole area up. So you're talking about a surge in the housing market and the construction market and, and, and housing building and, and all of those other things. You know, you're talking about 14,000 jobs. That means you're talking about more people coming to the area. So you're talking about more people living and working and playing in this area as well, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so this is a boon to the entire Orlando area and that central Florida economy um, that boosts everybody. You know, the, the rising water floats all boats type type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great, and it's great for, you know, people who love to go down to Orlando. You get more options. And it's another thing, you know, that puts Universal, you know, they're, they're chomping at the hills of Disney there and, uh, you know, trying to, come even as far as <laughs> um, they're really competing with them and it'd be interesting to see what Disney's answer to that will be you know the Universal when they did that Harry Potter the Harry Potter <clears throat> areas they, they presented a another level of theme park you know and Disney finally answered that with their Star Wars area which is amazing and Avatar yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Avatar was their attempt to answer that. I don't think Avatar. I don't know until they do more Avatar movies and establish it more. Avatar can't really compete in my book with Harry Potter or Pandora. I guess. Yeah, the only that. when they did the Harry Potter area, the only thing out there available that could compete with that would be Star Wars, and they didn't own it at the time. <laughs> But since then, they bought it and they built a Star Wars land, which is amazing. Um, so that's their answer. So now Universal has come back and they're building what they're calling their fourth gate because they count Volcano Bay as their third gate. It's mm-hmm. debatable. Uh, I'm fine with calling that. I don't mind. I love Volcano Bay. Uh, but this would be their fourth park. What do you hope to see there? There is a lot of rumors and, and guesses about what might be there. And I don't know. Uh, I'm just excited to have another park. I mean, Mario is going to be. We there, know right? that Nintendo is coming somewhere, uh, and it's kind of went back and forth as to whether that's going to be in this new park in a whole new area, or you know, when this park was possibly not going to be there, uh, would they drop it in 
to Universal Studios somewhere, you know, in that area where Barney and things like that are maybe. Um, so who knows? They 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 just opened up the Nintendo World area in Japan. That's just now opening up over there, uh, and it looks amazing. So wherever they put it, it's going to be awesome. So, but Nintendo will have a presence somewhere. Uh, this park would be a great option for that. You know, mm-hmm. some some people have thought, well, um, the um, um, How to Train a Dragon universe would, would fit well here. A lot of people are looking for something like that. Um, there's a lot of s- speculation about the theming Nintendo, in the world. My sister will love this so, park. Oh yeah, it will be awesome. Um, but they're gonna they're gonna make it to where they can pull a bunch of different you know intellectual properties in. Um, but some of the initial kind of renderings look beautiful. Looks like an amazing park. Um, and Universal is right now. Universal is building awesome stuff for the most part. You know, <laughs> if they can keep the Harry Potter level um, of 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 things going, and not so much the Fast and the Furious level things. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they can keep that that Harry Potter world of Wizarding World of Harry Potter mindset and do a whole new park. Um, they have the potential to do something really amazing. I'm super mm-hmm. excited about it, so I'm glad that has officially restarted. How long restarted. do you think it'll take? Because a whole theme park, that's, that's going to take a long time, right? It's going to take a long time. I mean, it's... It, <laughs> I don't know how to guess anymore because, mm-hmm. you know, you know, th- back in the day when they first built, like, Universal Studios, you know, they knocked those parks out pretty quick. Actually, Universal announced that it was building Universal Studios, and Disney uh, came out of nowhere and said, uh, well, we're going to build a, a, a MGM Studios over here, and they knocked that thing out in like a year and opened it <laughs> before Universal got theirs built, you know, so that, you know, they can build things fast, but, you know, at the same time, Disney took, took like three years to build a parking deck, so you just don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. You never know with construction. So I'm hopeful maybe we'll see actually this thing go up, be able to open in, a, a, you know, two or three years. But who knows, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's anybody's guess at this point. No. Um, well, speaking of Universal, I had some travel news too. Um, so we are annual pass holders. So we're on the annual pass holder Facebook page. And there's been a lot of people on there the last several months talking about how they would drive all the way to the park on the Saturday and then they would get there and it would already be, you know, at capacity and they couldn't even get in. They're like, you know, do we wait in the wait line? Will we ever be able to get in? Um, So I noticed someone this weekend actually asked on the annual pass holder page, they said, you know, we are getting there about 1030. Does anybody know if there'll be any capacity left? (laughs) You know, what should we do? Should we turn around? And they were trying Mm. to figure it out. Well, actually, Universal responded to them, which I thought was very nice. They're great And they gave them a hotline number to call for updates on park capacity. So I'm going to give you the number um, if you're going soon. But it's 407-817-8317. Again, that's 407-817-8317. And I decided to try it out. So (laughs) I called, um, I guess it was Sunday morning I called. Mm-hmm. And they said that, but I called kind of early. They said, you know, parks are, are opening, have capacity at the moment or something. And then today I called twice and it they had capacity all day yeah. today. But today's during the week. So I kind of expected yeah. it. Um, but there isn't, like when you call, it will ask you, are you staying on site? Or are you, um, you know, like a, a day guest? Oh, so you have to kind of hit one or two. So I really didn't think they were 
differentiating between the two, but yeah. maybe there is a separate wait line for resort guests. I don't know. I'll have to find that I out. I don't know if yeah. that... But today, it was open for everybody, so yeah. I couldn't really tell a difference. Yeah, so. I think that's mainly coming to play on a lot of these holiday weekend weeks. I know we hit February. Oh, and, and the, the weekends. The, the I would br- say every weekend. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of the weekends, they're hitting some capacities. I know... Uh, uh, that President's Day week, which is winter winter break for us, all week that week they were hitting capacity. Even during the week, uh, we've we've entered into the spring break season already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are some colleges and school systems that are already out on spring break. So they're hitting some now, especially on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've been telling people. You know, if you're going to go, uh, and and the ones that are having the problems are the ones that are t- driving down for a day trip <laughs> to, you know, well, Universal, like we've been talking about. Yeah, but, I saw someone that it was staying at Hard Rock. And right. they said they didn't go over early enough. I think they were right. going to go in at lunchtime or something, and they couldn't get in. So they just went back to the pool for a while, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that because Hard Rock's supposed to have an awesome pool. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, but we've been telling everybody that, that we work with and talk with, you know, if you're going, uh, if you've got a park day planned, uh, get up early. Go and take advantage of the early hours that you can get in as a hotel resort guest. You can get into the park before everybody else. Go and take advantage of that and get into the park. Then you don't have to worry about it. <clears throat> then you don't have to worry about it because you're in the park. Once you're in the park, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, if it does look like they're hitting capacity, you might not want to exit the park. So a lot of times we'll go out to City Walk for lunch or a meal or something like that and then maybe wander back in. If you're there on a day that is so busy that it's reaching capacity, call the number. Check see if it's reaching capacity. Uh, you might not want to leave the park. Mm-hmm. So, you know, check out one of the places inside the park. There's plenty of great places to eat inside the park so you don't actually have to leave and go to mm-hmm. City Walk. Do City Walk for dinner after the park closes or something and like that. And this is still the reduce capacity capacity if that makes sense yeah and that's why so, they're hitting capacity yeah. because they're only at you know whatever the percent is if, if they're at like 40 percent of what they typically could take they're hitting that 40 percent and they're stopping so that's why they mm-hmm. keep hitting capacity right now because they're at that lower capacity mm-hmm. so. and where disney's doing park reservations universal is not correct and that's why um, they're hitting these and things. i think there's benefits to both yeah i think there's definitely advantages to one over the other this is just how they're doing it, and they're they're they do like I said. They're having they're putting in place things like this phone number uh, to help respond to people. They're actually really good about responding on their social media, where you saw this as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when people have questions like that, that's another great thing about Universal is if you go to their Facebook page or their Twitter accounts and things like that, they are responding when people are posting questions and stuff. So mm-hmm. they're doing great about that, and they're you know they're hitting those capacities, but they're trying to deal with it as best they can. And Disney's just mm-hmm. doing it in a different way. So yeah. Um, Cause how disappointing to drive yeah. over there and then not be able to get in, or be staying on site and not be able to get in. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. So. That's good that they have that hotline. Yeah. Trying to help people. <laughs> All right. So what else is going on? Okay. So speaking of Disney, there was some big news that just came out this week. Oh, there's so, a lot of here. Yeah, a couple of. Yeah. Um, so you want to <laughs> talk about the first one? Uh, sure. Yeah, I saw some of those too. So today, uh, it, today they actually they announced uh, that. The new Ratatouille ride in uh, at Epcot in the France Pavilion will be opening on October 1st. That uh, just happens to be the same day that the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary what? kicks off. <laughs> <laughs> Not coincidence at all. No, no. So, yeah, that's awesome. That I, I'm, just, I'm just glad to have a date because, yeah, they, they announced all this stuff with their 50th anniversary a couple of weeks ago and announced that we're going to be doing this big, long 
you know, 18 month celebration of our 50th anniversary, but not a whole lot of content about like, when is this, when is the Ratatouille ride going to open? When is the Tron ride going to open? When is all this other stuff we're expecting going to open? A lot of people expected Ratatouille to open up earlier. Because they say it's almost finished. Yeah, seems like it's been almost finished for a while. So, so. I'm a little shocked that it's not yeah. till October first. Because they're waiting for the the party. They they gotta have something to to coincide with the big party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and this one I'm super excited about because it's supposed to be an awesome ride. This one is already, it's a ride uh, that already exists in uh, Disneyland Paris, and it's everyone who's ridden it has said it's absolutely amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a really cool like trackless ride system uh, where you were kind of immersed in the uh, down to the size of the ra- of Remy and Ratatouille, you know, mm-hmm. so it's supposed to be a really awesome experience. So I can't wait to check it out. So, so at a later date when they yeah. release a little bit more information, we'll do actually a whole episode preparing for the 50th um, anniversary event. Oh, yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Cool. But that was just one of the announcements they came out with today, right? Okay, yes. And there was also some really big news news. out of California. So I'm going to read this to you. This is pretty exciting. So this is a statement (laughs) from Bob Chapek. And if you're not, if you don't know who he is, he's the chief executive officer of the Walt Disney Company. What did Bob have to say today? Okay, so he says, here in California, we're encouraged by the positive trends we're seeing and we're hopeful they'll continue to improve and we'll be able to reopen our parks to guests with limited capacity by late April. We look forward to publicizing an opening date in the coming weeks. While last week's announcement stated that theme parks may open starting on April 1st, the fact is it will take some time to get them ready for our guests. This includes recalling more than 10,000 furloughed cast and retraining them to be able to operate according to the state of California's new requirements. I am pleased to say the response has been great thus far. Our cast members are excited to get back to work. And this is also good news for the Anaheim community, which depends on Disneyland for jobs and business generated by visitors. Nice. Mm-hmm. So very exciting news. I'm sure those so employees exciting. are just thrilled to learn that they're going to get to go back to yeah. work soon after a, pretty, a year. A year. They've been closed for like a year. being out. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure the entire, like you said, the entire city of Anaheim is <laughs> super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, because, y- yeah, I mean, you talk about Disney and those employees that have been out of work for a while. But you've got an entire city of Anaheim that uh, a lot of the industries around there rely on Disneyland. Mm-hmm. being open you know there are a lot of hotels and resorts around there right mm-hmm. that are not disney hotels and resorts but are full because of disneyland and the two times i've been to anaheim were actually both for conferences so right. it's a huge convention town yeah and they're lacking all that business right now the one trip i've had over there was for a a conference and and those conferences and conventions aren't there because of the amazing hotels and, and, and conf- convention centers that are in Am- Anaheim. There are amazing convention centers all over the country. Uh, they are there because Disneyland is there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's the reason they go there. And with Disneyland not being open, yeah, they're not really the same kind of draw. Right. So, yeah, I mean, all those, there's a lot of hotels and convention centers and just, you know, uh, <laughs> travel industry kind of uh, industries around there that are all supported by the tourism that comes from Disney. So mm-hmm. being completely shut down for a year has really had to have an impact on that entire city and that economy. So it's great to hear that they have a plan to reopen, you know, mm-hmm. that, and that's... Glad things are turning around. Yeah, and that's really what it is. It's a plan to reopen. They, I mean, they, they made this announcement last week and said, hey, uh, 
theme parks can open as of April 1st. <laughs> Meanwhile, the theme parks are sitting back there going, there's no way we can actually open in like three weeks because <laughs> it's a long <laughs> process. You're talking about a lot of employees to get back in, get back into the cycle, get back into training, get things up and running. It's a long process. They can't, I mean, mm-hmm. just thinking about food, you know, I mean, they've, you know, they've got all these restaurants and dining options in a, in a, in a theme park. You know, they can't just be sitting there with supplies, you know. Mm-hmm. They've been closed for a year, so they've got to restock, resupply all these areas. There's a lot to do to ramp up to reopening mm-hmm. a theme park of this size. So. so it seemed kind of spur of the moment. Do you think Disney had any idea that they were that they were about to say they could reopen in April? It seems like maybe they, mm-hmm. it kind of caught them off guard, too. I, I would hope they would have been involved a little bit with the discussions along the way, you know, and they I'm, I'm sure they've been telling the government, you know, it's going to take us a minute to get back up and running. So we, we need to know as soon as you got an inkling. So I, and, and the government have, have an announcement knowing that it's going to, you know, they're not going to make it by April 1st as well. So um, I think they're just happy to have a date because yes. um, they just need that date. You know, there's a process that has to begin in order to ramp back up to opening the park. That process cannot begin until a date is given, until you have a date. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't say, all right, we're going to ramp everything up to open in a month and just cross our fingers and hope that that we're able to. Uh, You can't really do that. So they had to have a date before they can start (laughs) the, the the process of getting back. So now they have the date so they can start. If they can make it by late April, that's awesome. That's, you know, again, even that's, you know, ambitious mm-hmm. probably because you're still talking about a month, um, a little over late a month April. basically. Yeah, yeah, but late April, I mean, we're in middle of March now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so late April is just a little over a month uh, to do that. So uh, that's still pretty ambitious for the size of operation they got going on over there. So yeah. I hope they can do it. Um, Quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, but still super exciting. Just super exciting that Disneyland, you know, and and Universal mm-hmm. is out there as well. The Universal Hollywood, you know. Yeah, what's going on with that? So, I haven't. I didn't hear anything about that, but I would think they would be uh, yeah. opening up too. They in haven't April. made their official announcement yet, but yeah, I'm sure mm-hmm. they're doing the same thing. They're they're heading down there. They've kind of you know Universal is kind of letting Disney take all the big. Uh, Disney's the ones in the spotlight, like we've know we've said before. Even down in in Florida, Disney's are the Disney is the one that's under the microscope. Um, and, and gets all the spotlight about a big theme park opening back up in COVID and what's it going to do. And meanwhile, uh, Universal's content with just kind of opening back up <laughs> and mm-hmm. people start going and not making a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their protocols, to me, can be just as strict as Disney. They really can. More. Uh, but, I mean, in, in Florida, when they opened back up in Florida, I don't think they made a, I mean, it, they just kind of opened back up and people just started going again. And it wasn't, they didn't make a huge deal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they seem to be operating a lot smoother even than Disney World. Yeah. Is so So yeah, closer to Disneyland stuff. open, we'll have to do a Disneyland episode too. Oh yeah, I can't wait to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll have some yeah. deals coming out, try to get people to come back. Okay. So, <laughs> so that'll be fun. <laughs> we'll go. So, but I think we've been trying to go. Yeah, yeah, we've tried to. Yeah. We had one booked and it was canceled. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> they shut down on us. So we'll have to try again. So this week so. kind of concludes our spring break break series. You know, we've been talking yeah. about beaches and late season skiing and day trips and a water park. So um, our next episode, we're actually going to look at some spring festivals because we're almost at springtime. I'm oh. ready for that warmer weather. 
All right. Aren't you? Yeah. I mean, not too yeah. hot yet, but that nice kind of spring. Nice, cool 70 degree time. weather um, like we had today, actually. Yeah, um, it's pretty pleasant out today. So, But there's some yeah. festivals that have already started at both Disney and SeaWorld. So we will take a look at yeah. those. And they run for a long time, like into May and June. So you got plenty of time to enjoy them. They've gotten to the point where there's always, almost, there's almost always a festival at some point going. I think, I think Disney kind of figured out with their food and wine that it was such a popular thing than that now they do in the flower and garden and they got all these other festivals and the other theme parks starting to pick up on that too right mm-hmm. i mean universal so, they just finished their mardi gras festival yeah um i wish they would extend it one week or actually they're about to finish it they're sorry it's not quite it, over right? yet but yeah. they're going to end it right before we go unfortunately yeah <laughs> i'm kind of disappointed about that i want them to extend yeah, it one because, week please just one week i mean but, they, they've been celebrating mardi gras for a long time now but this year i don't know if it's new or not but all the food that they introduced this year th- yeah i think it is new uh, it really seems like you were saying that they took a yeah, took a nod from disney from there wine. Mm-hmm. but some of the food they had looked awesome yeah it did <laughs> it really did and we're just barely gonna miss it mm-hmm. and spring's a great so, time like the weather's usually better so it's a really good time to go to an outdoor festival yeah oh yeah so all right so we're gonna talk we'll talk all about those next time mm-hmm. all right awesome all right, well, that's going to cl- conclude this week's show uh, and all of our talks about day trips and everything. So I hope you enjoyed it. hope you learned something new. Uh, ho- tell us if you've been to any of these locations, if, if you liked any of the day trips we talked about today, uh, about your own experience. But more importantly, if, we, if you've gone somewhere that we didn't talk about, tell us what is your favorite kind of day trip destination, you know, something that you like to get away and do as a family or just as a, individuals, you know. Yeah, I'm always looking for recommendations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Lost Sea Adventure we did, I think a long time ago I'd seen a brochure about it and thought, well, that looks neat, but I'd completely forgotten about it to a friend of, a really good friend of mine. She posted pictures when her and her daughter went yeah. over the summer. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. We, you know, And so we decided to give it a try, yeah. too, and it made a really fun day trip experience. It really was. It really was. So give us your recommendations. Yeah. I would love to hear them. We would yeah, any 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 ideas that you got for a day trip, we'd love to hear them and share them with everyone mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, uh, so we do want to thank everybody for listening. As always, if you have any questions about anything we talked about today, we'd be happy to try to answer those. Um, if you are planning on a booking or planning a family vacation or anything in the next uh, coming up year or so, uh, reach out. Let us know. Uh, we'd love to help you answer any questions we can. Uh, obviously we focus a lot on Disney universal uh, and the cruise industry when it opens back up. Um, but we also book, you know, travel and, and stuff for any kind of vacation adventure destination we can get a hold of. So we'd be happy to answer any questions you have about any of those. You can contact us directly. You can email me at Jason at lamplightadventures.com or Lacey at lamplightadventures.com. So feel free to email any questions you might have or about your dream travel destination. We'll see what we can do to help you out and answer whatever questions you might have um, or about the show itself. So if you if you enjoyed listening, uh, would, again, we ask you to like, share, subscribe, uh, tell your friends <laughs> uh, just to support what we're doing here at the podcast and uh, so we can continue to just come out week, week by week and talk about some awesome, fun family adventures. So... That will wrap up this episode of the Adventure Post. And uh, until next week, I hope everybody has a great week, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Okay,